With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And they're walking him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome in. Mike Curlin here, as always. <laughs> Checked out the new camera angle. I'm trying oh, something gosh. new. The shirt, the, the setup. There's going to be baseball on these screens behind me at one point. <laughs> You're going to have, um, I got the beer selection and shirts. You got it all. This is PitchCon. This was like the last thing I did baseball related before the season got shut down. Of course, I'm joined by Mike Simeon, better known as SP Streamer. I call him SP Streamer, a.k.a. Mike Simeon, which is really weird. Mike, what's going on, man? <laughs> What is happening, man? This crazy camera angle, which you know the behind the scenes of how this is working, and it's quite crazy. It's it's a hold my beer moment, which I'm, I'm holding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that we uh, we actually you know finally have it's official. We're finally having baseball. I know, man. It's, it's a gonna sigh be of relief, a, it's going to be a crazy season though, which is kind of exciting, honestly. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get absolutely annihilated when it comes to streamers, but uh, we're just going to roll it and kind of see what happens. The best part is you get data for your, oh, wait, no, you don't. No, nah, I can't even use that. <laughs> but yeah, before we get started, we'll dive into a little bit. We have some of the specifics. The news just broke before we went live, essentially. So there might be some stuff we aren't up to date to. So please feel free to jump in the comments. Let us know if we missed anything. We are going to talk a little bit about it. Instant reaction obviously a huge sigh of relief and by the way i see people are starting to roll in the camera angle yes no maybe so i'm not well you just let me know um through the comments again tell me what you think but before we get going further this time i brought three beers with me last last show (laughs) i only had one i made a big mistake so i brought i I made lucky three different ones yeah i brought three different ones lucky buddha's the one from last show this is going to be the one i bring for the game we're going to play and introduce but today i'm going to start off with what's called High Live. It's from Cigar City, and it's a, what is it? Pale, uh, India Pale Ale, so which is a IPA. Right? <laughs> uh, but Mike, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? But All right, on, so. You, we got uh, cheers when you're done. No, go ahead. Well, yeah. I apologize. So, uh, I'm sorry. Today is going to be a Woodford Reserve Rye, which uh, it's actually pretty decent, and I did the Mike Carter's rubric already. And I just started at decimals because I don't like that's like a full number that that doesn't excite me very much. Before, so the rubric first, okay. The rubric, yeah. So appearance, aroma, taste, finish, um, total. I know that my screen sucks. Uh, you, get, you give it a nine point five out of twelve, which actually beats out the uh, bourbon I had last week, which was Basil Hayden's. I'm actually going to keep track, so uh, this way we'll know like kind of what's the highest ra- rating, I guess, a year from now. Yeah, well, no, the idea is uh, I, I think we should do like legitimate rankings um, one of these weeks. Yeah, I mean, we're not connoisseurs, though, so that's a problem. But it's <laughs> our personal rankings. Like, I don't, I'm not a beer drinker, but I'm embracing it. So 
the proverb before i go anywhere that's that's cheers mike do you have your do you have your drink right cheers, oh, i'm ready with no ice since i constantly cheers, and i'm gonna say that every time i drink and of course none so, of you allow me to drink it with ice i do but just for everybody else oh yeah <laughs> i love how you get so excited about opening a beer Ooh, that, that is really good all right so i'm gonna go ahead and pour my beer which is a, I, I pour terribly but i'm actually i'm pouring it into one of our beer bourbon baseball glasses that my wife and i started making which i can't pour a beer for my life apparently yeah so we're gonna do um <laughs> a little segment that we're actually probably gonna do uh most likely every week and it's just called uh shot in the dark which basically we're gonna get five clues of player stats um it's all gonna be stats from last year for right now and uh each clue, we get one guess, and anyone listening can get one guess too. And if you guys guess it before we do, we're going to give away the glass that, you know, Curlin just kind of put to the uh, to the screen, which says beer, bourbon, baseball. I don't know why you're drinking beer out of it, but and well, uh, <laughs> because I don't have a beer glass yet, I'm working on them. Again, I actually handmade these. All right, my wife and I handmade these. We put the etching, so you get a semi-used glass if you win. Good for you. No, I'm kidding. It's not used. This is the one I use. This is my beer. This is the one I'm keeping. Mike, I'll get you one eventually. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, and then if one of us don't get the player by the end, uh, we have to take a shot. Um, but yeah, so it's going to start off with really hard, you know, um, hints, and then it, it should get easier as it goes on. And hopefully someone will guess it. And we're kind of trusting everybody not to cheat. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. By the way, Joe. First off, unlike the Funky Buddha from last week, this one holds a head very well. It's very light, but still has a citrus flavor. It's a really good beer. Not a beer connoisseur by any means. Maybe citrus is the wrong word, but it's definitely really good. I gotta look. I gotta learn more. I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna learn about more about beer. It's a really good beer though, and of course, I'm keeping it in the Florida family because I have this one. Is just this one's here for the name. This is called Florida Man, and we've all seen the memes. I'm from Florida. It it had I had to get it. I just had to get it for the name. But with all that said, we are going to go ahead and I guess jump right into the game. Again, for those who may not were, may not be listening or, or trying to comment, you got to comment in Periscope or on YouTube. We are actually live streaming from YouTube as well as Periscope right now, which again is how you view it on Twitter. But in order to play the game, play along with us, if you guess before we can, you win that glass tonight. And if two of you win... I'm not, if you one of you guys beat both of on both sides, I'll, I'll have to make another glass for you. But it's just a fun little giveaway, <laughs> a fun way to include everybody, and yeah. kind of go from there. And a shot in the dark, Mike. Well, I don't know if Mike. I don't know if I'm supposed to. I don't know. A lot of these names we have, we, have lost, we have a lot of segments coming up. We haven't talked about the segments yet. We're gonna introduce them little by little. Yeah. But we're gonna and we're gonna dive into this one. But the idea again, just to reiterate, we're gonna get into this segment where I'm gonna ask Mike, and Mike's gonna ask me five. Or he's gonna they're gonna tell me five clues. Sorry, we're gonna tell each other five clues about a player each one be getting easier and easier yep. and ideas for him to guess it if you cannot guess after five clues and again and after every, sorry and after every clue you actually get to guess the, a, a player as well so five five clue five clues five guesses you don't get it you take a shot same thing for me problem is is i didn't come prepared <laughs> brian sorry brian, i don't know why that's me. coming from you on <laughs> those five beers yet i got three there's not five but hey Whatever. No, not yet, Ryan. Don't worry. It'll be done because I'm saving one because I didn't bring shots. This wasn't expected tonight, so I came unprepared. I don't have any alcohol to take shots of, but I do have a beer to chug. So I'm going to crack a second beer. To ch- I'm going to sip on this one and probably chug my Funky Buddha. 
if I don't win the uh, if I don't answer correctly, but Mike has tequila, I believe, or something to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got tequila. All right. Oh, uh, let's start. You want me to give you? Wait, clues you don't like first? me rambling? You don't like me nah. rambling? Nah, no, you're okay. boring me. All right, well, <laughs> I'll start first. All right, so here's the first clue. He was ranked first in the league in terms of ex woba against breaking balls at the bottom of the zone. <laughs> uh, I will repeat this. He was ranked first in the league in terms of ex woba against breaking balls at the bottom of the zone. Had to I'm move apart. I'm I'm trying to think of somebody like crazy, like random right now. Because the obvious name is like a Mike Trout or something, but I'm not gonna go there. It's too easy. I'm gonna go with a. Uh... Damn, no, I really want to. Well, I want to think, but I can't think. You have one guess, but this is obviously the hardest clue. So, and if you you get one guess, you get one guess per uh, clue, Very and cool. if you guess it, Mike will stop me, and you get the glass. But and then I have to chug anyway, so it's a win-win. Um, crap, I don't know, man. Shohei Otani. No. Okay. So <laughs> here's the second clue. He had a 20.4 barrel percentage against four seam fastballs. <laughs> Wait, a barrel percentage is that high? So, so re- no. Ooh, okay. All right. Here comes the third clue. So well, should, we give, should we give first people a chance to guess? First one. No, they, they got to, you know, they got to catch up with us. All right. Well, we so are the- ahead. We, we remember... Yeah, that's all right. All right, so let's reiterate. Well, that's what I'm going to reiterate. First one, he was ranked first in the league in terms of ex-WOBA against breaking balls at the bottom of the zone. Second clue, he had a 20.4 barrel percentage against four-seam fastballs. Third clue, his overall barrel percentage was top 6% in the league. Nelson Cruz. No. And Tatis Jr. is not correct either. All right, so let's go to the fourth clue. All right. This is was, a very, very bloom board. Wait, wait, uh, don't worry. It's, um, all right. Fourth clue. He is a corner infielder. Did Marty get it before we keep going? Because that's who was my next. Uh, Marty did not know, and neither did Joe. Well, thank you for not uh, for giving me that one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's what, he's a corner infielder. Yes. Good corner field infielder who hits breaking balls in nope, the bottom of the zone. No one yet. Josh Bell. Nope. All right. Let's reiterate all four for your last <laughs> clue. He was ranked first in the league in terms of ex woba against breaking balls at the bottom of the zone. He had a 20.4 barrel percentage against forcing fastballs. His overall barrel percentage was top 6% in the league. His He was a corner outfielder. And the last hit is he hit 36 home runs and only 547 plate appearances. 36 oh, Joe home. Barbuto got it. Oh. I was gonna guess. Oh, it's your boy, time. Mike. It's I know he got it for you. Joe well, is the best. Joe, Joe, I'm about to drink out of the glass I was gonna give you, so I'll make you a new one, Matt buddy. Olson is the right answer. Matt Olson, way to go, Joe. I hate you. I didn't think he hit breaking balls that well. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, dude, but, that was baffling. When I saw his first and X one, I was like, what? That, well, the X one doesn't surprise me. I shouldn't been. I shouldn't, I'm not surprised about the X wobble or the barreled bat, uh, fastballs. It was the breaking balls low in the zone that never would have had me guessing Olsen. Uh, yeah. I looked into him a lot too. I, I didn't look at that obviously. So now I, because I didn't guess and Joe beat me to it. Joe, you win a glass. So I'm gonna make you a new one because I'm using yours to chug a beer right now. Because <laughs> I don't have a shot. I don't. I don't take. I, I don't have any shots to take. Which I'd rather take a shot than chug a beer any day of the week. But oh yeah, hundred percent. This is like this is worse than like like this is like Aaron Rodgers. I hope I don't pull like an Aaron Rodgers where I can't finish the beer type of thing. Were you actually gonna guess Matt Olson? 
I don't. He would have crossed my mind when you said when you got that thirty six home runs. Yeah. And but I don't know if I would have guessed him because I was definitely thinking I was going along the lines of corner infield. I guess Pete Alonso, who I hate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There you go, KP Warsha. Less talk, more chug, baby. (laughs) Done. Nice. All right. right. I'm up. I'm nervous. You should be. Well, no, this one's. I don't think I was as hard on you. Uh, I'm going to be burping for a little bit. Don't mind me. Live streams. All right. Had a career best K percentage and K minus walk rate last year. Wait, wait. Sorry. So had a career best. He had his career best K percentage and K minus walk rate last year. Career best. Yes. He set career best marks in these. I'm just hoping I'm right. Like, (laughs) you Darvish? No. Okay. All right, this is where it gets a little easier. His slider was a money pitch in the second half. And for those who don't know what money pitch is, Mike, go ahead and give those because it's like 40, 40, 20. 40, right? yeah, 40% O swing, 40% zone, 40, uh, and um, 20% f- swing strike. No, no, no. I think it's 15 swing strike. Could be a little wrong on that. Um, bourbon, bourbon, right? bourbon, bourbon, right? fantastic. No, he's not. It's okay. not that boy. Um, so second half slider. Though? Real quick, take take a break. At least that comment: beer, burpin, baseball. <laughs> I told you, dude. I, I get like Wait, when I chug a beer, it just stays. Say this second clue one more time. Okay, first clue. I'm just gonna reiterate: had no, a beer right. best K percent. Well, you got the only one playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. K rate and K minus walk rate. Mm-hmm. Second, his slider was a money pitch in the second half. I could do that. Um, I'm trying to think whose slider became a lot better. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, uh, this is a total guess. Um, could it actually be Max Scherzer? No, it is not okay. Max Scherzer. All right, this is where it gets a little easier. First off, he is a starting well, pitcher. Well, maybe you're trying you to one. trick me from, uh, yeah, okay. No, he is a starting pitcher, so I'll give you that. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a bonus because I feel like I, I should give you that one. Well, yeah. But he, well, it could be a relief pitcher just to screw with you, but I figure yeah. starting pitchers are deep enough of a pull. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. It'd be like you giving me a minor league hitter. Uh, <laughs> okay. He he had pitches with a positive P-Val. Oh, sorry. He had the, he had uh, four pitches with a positive P-Val. Oh. It's not Musgrove, is it? No, Musgrove had three, I think. You, okay, you can. It depends on how you look at the stats. It could be three, it could be four. They kind of split. <laughs> well, they split two and they put two of them in the one category. Does uh, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, all right, so it's not Musgrove. Okay. No, it's not Musgrove. That's your guess, though. So that's good. All right, he had nine wins last season. This is my last clue. No, you have one more clue after this. He had nine wins. I don't know if that was a hard one. I should have probably put that one towards the top. Or I feel like the um, what the I feel hell? like I should. Have, I feel like I should have gone easier on you, not Patrick Corbin. Uh, I yeah, I was just thinking about. It. I was like, "There's no way that's that Corbin was better." Um, oh man. The nine wins thing tells you it's not an elite hit a uh, pitcher. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll state the uh, obvious there. Disco oh. Um, I don't oh, even know. He got it right. It was Disco. 
Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you knew Tony Disco was my guy. I kept thinking Zach Allen for some reason. Because he had the four pitches with all positive P-Val, but the two fastballs were separated. Damn one it. Like a one point. Now you yeah. got to give away two of those. I'll have to make two of them and give them away. So make sure you guys DM me. Uh, Joe, I know who you are. And, uh, and I, I want to say your name's Kevin, right? I'm so bad at names. Don't mind me. But impulsivity. Uh, you're you're around a lot, so uh, D, make sure you shoot me a DM to remind me. And um, that's enough. That's a that's it. That's enough. Oh, whatever. I hate you. All right, so <laughs> I'm I'm actually gonna make you guys two brand new. Yep, it's Kevin. See, okay, I got that one right. So I'm gonna make you guys two new glasses. Obviously, I'm using both of the two I've made so far. I got two more in the kitchen to make. We washed them all that. So <laughs> well, we 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 got them and we washed them. So we have to just make them, which we were gonna make them today, but a little busy. So that's the end of that game, and I hope you guys had fun with it. Again, that's kind of the beginning of many segments we're going to start doing here on this on this uh, live stream. We have a whole bunch of them, most of which are like dad puns. And by the way, you won't see any <laughs> you won't see any bad beer. Like I'm going to try to always go with an IPA or a craft beer of sorts because I look at Budweisers, like they're making a mock of beer, and that's why we call those mock drafts. I told you I'd squeeze it in there, Mike. I told you I'd squeeze in the mock draft thing in there. <laughs> But okay, I guess now we can get into some baseball content. Let's talk about some of the stuff that we do know about this ongoing season. We have, we have, sorry, I think it looks like the Giants are supposed to be getting, like, remember the rumor on Yasiel Puig? I just got a text about this. Like, like I have insiders, like someone's texting me. Um, we Remember Yasiel Puig was linked to the Giants way early in the whole coronavirus and COVID stuff? Yeah. Well, it looks like it, it's expected to... Uh, happen so it looks like Puig should sign that ADP I talked about it today on a podcast oh, that yeah, ADP, I see that from Jim Bowden yeah that ADP should jump tremendously tremendously yeah jump. but I mean it still kind of hurts him that you know playing there of course it hurts his power but wouldn't that help his yeah. speed because he should be he should get on base more like as far as base hits go debatable you know because he's and he's not a lefty I'm moving him but not up that much I'll say he's outside the top 200. He was at 218 last I looked. That's a huge discount on a guy who has power and speed. I'm just saying, and should play every day because they doubt it's a multi-year deal. Well, yeah, of course. I'm just saying that's worth mentioning. No, and of course, wrong. okay. And let's talk about some of these proposed rule changes real quick. Extra innings start with a runner on second base. Can we just both agree that that is complete trash? Yeah, that's that's brutal. Um, Do you think this sticks? Going forward as well? I mean, I'm hoping not, but I do think it might, you know, be a step towards that direction, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm with you. I really think it's terrible for the game, but it looks like it's going to go that direction. People are loving this. Pitchers can have wet rag in the pocket as a substitute looking fingers. The person that came to mind as far as like, you know, somebody who's like really competitive and will take advantage of that and use it as a prop is uh, Chris Paddock. Because the the whole cowboy thing, he's gonna take it out and whip it around his head like a lasso. <laughs> and home yeah, I, you know what though? What worries about me is I feel like it's gonna be easy to hide substances in there, right? Unless they're gonna check it between innings. I don't see why oh, they can't. Unless you use gloves and a mask, right? Well, uh, yeah, you're right. The whole point right. is to you're limit right. the whole, limit. No, you're you right. Know, but I feel like I these know, guys. Right. How could you not? I mean, I would try and hide something in there. <laughs> Get a little more spit oh. on the ball. 100%. And one of the last ones, I'm sure I'm missing a few things. The Oh, the, implement, the, the implementation of the DH was something we've always been assuming anyway. 
So now we are kind of it's confirmed. Like it's been talked about. Oh, it might not happen. It's going to happen for 2020. It's going to happen. I can't speak to what's going to happen afterwards, but for 2020, we know it's going to happen. We can we'll talk more about that in a later future. So we're going to go and once we get divisions and schedules, we will do a whole hour long on just that. Talk about the easiest schedules, the hardest schedules, players up and down based on that. Some players are probably going to sit out. There's a whole lot of strategy talking. We've been talking a lot of strategy, but now that we actually have a deal in place and baseball is coming, finally, <laughs> we are going to be able to truly sit down and break down divisions and who, who's pitcher, like which pitchers get the hurt, which hitters take a hit, et cetera, et cetera. With that said, we don't have to harp on that much more. The last thing I want to talk about, which I think is kind of a big deal, is that three batter minimum still stands. We expect a roster to be you know the rosters to be larger we expect rosters i love matt williams baseball <laughs> and we expect rosters to expand we expect you know more players on the team at any given time with that we know there's gonna be relief pitchers probably more relief pitchers on the team but with a three batter minimum that abuse of more relief pitchers can't really be utilized right like we're all expecting we were expecting the guys to go three or four innings maybe you know starters maybe with even though there's more relief pitchers on the team, that's not always a good thing. They, they have to face three hitters. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's still going to be a crapshoot. I get what you're saying. They're not going to be able to kind of toy with it as much as we were thinking. Um, but I I don't know. I just don't know what these teams are going to do, you know. And um, I could see teams going with a couple guys for, you know, putting a guy in for three innings, another guy for two, another guy for four. You know, I mean, it's just like – I just don't – there's so many question marks. I think we'll find out really quick, which will – you know, within the first week or so. But um, I don't know. You could approach this in so many different ways. I wouldn't really bank on going like the middle reliever route though just because there's so many question marks and you could just completely screw yourself from the beginning. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I this is going to be super interesting. I mean, this is going to be the craziest season. Like <laughs> – Guys are going to win MVPs that shouldn't and Cy Youngs that shouldn't. And, you know, um, we're going to be screwing. It's going to screw up, you know, 2021 when it comes to draft prep, no doubt. I just started thinking about it for some reason because you mentioned you weren't moving Puig up that much with this news. So I want to take ADP from like May 1st because we have some time to kill. So why not? <laughs> Basically. So I'm doing uh, okay. right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be sure. honest. I'm just going to be honest here, and I'm going to do it from May 1st till obviously, June 23rd. There's not that much data. Let's go um, April 1st again. Yeah, really no, you got to do it in April. So we're going to do April 1st, and we're going to look at some names going around Puig. And I just want to see some would you rather, because I know you're not a Puig guy. But I think it's ridiculous that he's good. So like I said, 218 on average. Nick Senzel or, or Yasiel Puig after the news of him signing, or if he does sign. Puig. Okay. Uh, let's move up a little bit. Garrett Hampson or Yasiel Puig? Puig. Just Adam Eaton. Time. Adam Eaton or Yasiel uh, Puig? Hey, I didn't ask for your opinion. Puig. I did ask your opinion. I didn't ask for your reasoning. <laughs> uh, let's go up a little bit. Paul DeYoung or Yasiel Puig? Really? Puig. You didn't think that hard about it? J.D. Davis, Yasiel Puig. <laughs> I know <what> you'd pick. <laughs> um, I mean, if you can't ask me, that. I'm a Met fan. If J.D. Davis has playing time, I'm going J.D. Davis. 
Fine. Justin Turner, Yasiel Puig. It depends what you need. Um, I mean, I guess Puig. Would you? Okay, David Dahl, Yasiel Puig. Not a big Dahl guy. Okay. I'm Corey Seager, Yasiel Puig. And I'd probably rather take a shot at Seager. Okay, so I went up as like top 140 overall in picks, and you were still taking Puig over some of these guys. So for you to say, and the reason behind that was to make a point that you're saying that you're not going to move him up a lot, and that he you're literally taking him over guys going almost like 70 picks higher. Maybe even more than 70 picks. I can't do math. Yeah, it's yes, not that much. 70. 70 picks is oh yeah, not that much. Jeez, man. That's that's just that's what I'm trying to get at was that there was the uh big discrepancy in what you were saying. I just wanted to put it I in didn't, I, yeah, I didn't realize that he was you know who was there that low. Honestly. That was the point. I haven't looked at ADP in for forever. Well, for exactly. headers at least. I'll say ex- except for the except for the ADP show you did on the basis loaded podcast. Cheap plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode 105, I think it was. Um so we can move on, I guess. Uh, somebody shoot me a name in the messages, please, because the idea of me going through my process, I, I'm gonna go. I want. I'm gonna broad stroke it. There are a lot of like little things I go into with every single hitter when I really break them down. But I kind of want to go over a broad stroke of how I break down a hitter. And we're gonna start with like the Fangraphs side of things, and I usually go over to Savant. And I'm not gonna go over the search stuff that's a whole that's pretty much its own episode so if you really are into the search dynamic or want to learn it alex fast did a great video like little video series on that you can find all that and or ask him about it at alex fast eight on twitter i constantly plug his twitter for that because i'm that's not well that's not what i'm going to do here the idea is to give an idea of how i go about breaking down the hitter why i break them down that way and if i don't get somebody that throws out a random name at me i'm just gonna pick a name that i know and somebody that will take us down some fun little rabbit holes, I think, in the process. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone I'd like to um... go look at the ADP. Why are you talking about him? Puig, ugh, he's no fun, though. Like, nobody wants okay. to talk about Puig. You ask for a suggestion, I give you a suggestion, you don't take it. Well, so, uh, when I look into a player, you really just pick somebody then. <laughs> I'll pick Puig, but the idea, the idea is with Puig, there's no real tangible change to look into. There's no real, and you know, I love tangible change. And there's no real other than we know. I feel like he is what he is. I don't think I'm looking. I'm not looking for anything. So with him, there's very little to dive into, in my opinion. I can see maybe I can look into like if I'm looking into him, I want to think of why. And the reason why I would look into him would be maybe like, OK, well, can he sustain? I guess what he did. Is there any I guess I could look for if there's any type of like something that shows some type of deterioration in skill set. Oh, whatever. We'll just do it that way, I guess. Right. Might as well. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm, no one's throwing me a name. You're right, so I'm just gonna go with Puig. You said Puig. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna go with Puig. I'm gonna make the screen. I can't. I like still read stuff. All right, cool. This is a little bit of a process. Learning curve here, guys. Learning curve here. I'm learning how to do this. There, you go. so you can see the screen moving on my screen. There we go. Let's type in Yasiel Puig. So I usually start at fan graphs every time, and apparently Puig isn't showing up. Cool. Let's type why Puig. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that works. So we go to his page. Obviously, it loads. He's 29 years old. I usually do look at age because 29 is still in his prime years. Cool. No problem. Apparently, my internet wants to throw a fit and not load his stats because that couldn't be predictable tonight. <laughs> Why? Well, uh, there you go. So you start looking and you just look right here. I'll breeze through. 
games played. Okay, cool. Like he's obviously been healthy two out of the last three years. People sometimes cite his health as an issue. He is a very aggressive ball player, but I'm not too concerned with the health. With that said, I'll go right here to, like I said, service stats, 24 home runs, 19 stolen bases, solid Walker. I mean, this is less than league average. I can tell you that right there, but it's also been his career, his worst since what, 2016. So I'll look at, I'm going to start looking at, is that an outlier? Same thing with the K rate. He was on a contract year. Was he trying too hard? These are things that go through my head. These are things that also you can't measure in the numbers. And it's weird that these numbers have changed. This right here shows aggression. Right here, this is why I start with plate discipline. I'm going to get into plate discipline in a minute. But this is why I start with plate discipline metrics as simple as walk rates and K rates. Because what it does is it tells you, it tells a story. Well, what happened here, here, and here? Why? Like, we knew this was an outlier. Because in his minor league track record, other than 20, sorry, in his minor league track, in his track record, other than 2014, he's never been a multi, like a multi, uh, a double digit walk rate guy. He just never has. Cool. So, all right. So, 7.2 is not really crazy low for him. I'd still say I he's think, more of an 8% guy. I mean, like kind of what you said, he's definitely um, – I think he, you know, with a other group of players was trying too hard, like you said, uh, you know, going to a new place and all that stuff. Um, I wonder if as the year progressed, if he got better, do you know, well, off well, the top of your head? The, I mean, we're, I know no, we're going to go into that. That's why, yeah. Okay. This is part – that, that's, never... that's what would – you know, that's what would hit my mind, kind of how you just said. Like, I would think mm, maybe he was trying too hard. Like, let's see what he did and maybe improve throughout the year. It kind of went more towards what his career averages were. Exactly. And I'm looking – also, again, the K rate still stood out because this actually, other than, what, his rookie season in 2013, you're looking at a guy that hasn't struck out this much since 2013. Close in 2015, but and obviously again close in 2016, but still, it's an outlier. So he was less patient at the plate and was obviously more aggressive or getting more called through strikes. That's a whole nother thing to dive into. Mm-hmm. Babip, you look oh throw away. That's kind of low, but not for him. That's actually his career average is 316. But if you look at the last three years, this is like career high. This is the highest it's been since 2014. So this is actually a high Babip for him. I would say at 308, something that is repeatable for sure. But it's lower than, like I said, it's lower than the average. I'm almost positive off the top of my head, but it's normal for him. So that's another thing to look into because people just look at Babip and it's it's an old thing. It's like a wives' tale. It kind of just sticks with you. Babip is something that people just kind of turn to, like, oh, there's going to be regression. And today's skill sets, if he's become more pull heavy, more of a fly ball hitter, usually those two things go together in today's again to get in today's climate, and that turns you into a low Babip guy. So we'll see if that this will happen. Then you look at the triple slash, and it's literally almost spot on except for the the slugging percentage in 2018 but it's almost spot on the last two years and then the year before again the batting average has always been there the obp's always been kind of that 327 ish three and like 346 seems to be pretty high so 322 325 so again nothing really stands out in the batting average department and all that so is there a room for improvement slight improvement because again you're looking at these batting averages you're looking at all that the triple slash but then you're looking at this walk and care rate and there was something again something that changed there but he still produced the same so technically, I would argue there's a little room for improvement, but I wouldn't bank on it because it all kind of cancels each other out. It seems like, kind of like maybe over maybe where he, where he messed up here, he overproduced uh, in walks and strikeouts is where he actually in, uh, made up for it in, in Babbitt. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. Babbitt made up for it because if his Babbitt was 286, then this would have been like a 250 batting average. Because I say I say 286 because in 2018 that's what he put up. So I think the Babbitt being higher than it's been in a few years, made up for the increased strikeout rate and, and decrease in walks. So then we move down. All right, cool. So we, we know we have that. I'm passing on some other things I do go back and look at, but the first thing I go to is, is uh, 
is plate discipline. I love plate discipline. Don't know why. It's just my thing. So you look at it, and then you can click on this awesome little tab that says averages, and it gives you the league average. And here is 20, 20, oh shoot, 2019. This is his stats. And not only was it was his chase rate up, his O swing percentage, which is how much you swing outside the zone, not only was that increased for Puig, but it was also three like three percent above league average, roughly two and a half percent. But then you look at his past, and this is the highest. This might be a career worst. I think, yes, oh, well, again, until it was his worst O-swing since 2013. So right there, you see the aggression I was talking about, right? Z-swing went up. He was more aggressive in the zone as well. So he was just more aggressive as a whole. He was just being a more aggressive hitter. His swing rate was a career high, it looks like, or almost a career high. Highest since 2015. All right, cool. Again, another change in the in the profile, just being more aggressive. Maybe was it, was it on purpose or was it on accident? That's a whole other thing. The problem with the aggression – comes a change in swing strike rate and again he has shown to be prone to strike uh swing strike rates of 13 percent has done it before in the past but this was the highest it's been since again 2016 so we're looking at just again i mean he is aging but i'm just wondering if he was pressing at the plate or was this by design was he trying to be more aggressive get ahead early in the count and in the process kind of maybe generate better numbers in that process or was he just pressing and trying to earn that contract it's hard to say we're not we're, we haven't really figured that out yet but that just gives you an idea that again this is kind of a broad stroke this is kind of my process as i go through a hitter and i kind of look for things and again we're looking at yasio pui here for those who might just be jumping in and out and these are just some of the things i noticed right off the bat and i'm looking at and it makes you wonder why why did he do this this is when you would google his name i would usually go google his name and see if he made a change did he try was this on purpose if you go just a quick google search can give you that information you can actually go and find yes he was on like the hitting coach told him to be more aggressive or yes he was trying like he actually intended on doing this so that's worth looking into but we'll also look at splits and maybe it'll show tales of two halves we'll get into that in a moment but before i leave this page i usually just go straight up to the advanced uh where is it the batted ball data i'll stop here on my way up and look at this look at pretty much all this stuff this stuff i save hard hit rates for savant i trust there's more there is a difference in savants and fan yeah. people need to understand that and i always forget it off the top of my head but i know it's uh their hard hit rates are measured by a certain exit below whereas i'm not exactly sure about fan and you'll actually notice line drive rates ground ball rates and fly ball rates are different on both sides as well that is also i guess subjective yeah, what you no. notice is ground <laughs> ground ball rates are actually pretty typically pretty typically um similar because a ground ball is very very easy to figure out ground ball is a ground ball but so i like to look at ground ball rate the most and this is a big one i picked it from toby when he came on the podcast shout out to at bat flip crazy toby he made that very clear and it was a good point it was it was obvious but sometimes you just overlook the obvious that ground ball rates don't fluctuate much that is one stat you can truly look at and you know there's a little subjectivity in that people know what a ground ball is so that's why the numbers don't fluctuate as much. So ground ball rates are something I really look at. And you see his is down. This is perfect. You want to see it move down, right? That's the idea. Well, in the process, his line drive went, rate went up. Also awesome. This is actually about – I think this is better than this is better than league average. You want it about 20%. That's actually where you want it roughly. So 21.2%, that's a really good line, line drive rate two years in a row. Cool. All right, and the fly ball rate is 40%. That's also about where you want it. So why? where's the issue? His, he actually stopped popping up the ball more great but he hit less home runs per nine or home runs per five ball weird so it looks like he gave up a little bit of the power for more of a line drive approach more of a batting average approach which again explains the babbit because he also stopped pulling the ball as much so maybe this is why the babbit went up 
if you're not pulling the ball as much and you're not hitting as many pop-ups, you're going to put more balls in play and likely get on base a little more based on bad bit. So I like the profile change a little bit for him. I mean, I kind of wish, you know, just for the power aspect of things, you would like to see him pull the ball more because it's better for the power. Yeah. But he actually obviously was more opposite field. Look how much opposite field he gained last year. Pretty much stayed the same up the center. Went and I, maybe he was just putting, I, he was just, I mean, I'm not sure if this was approached by design, but he was definitely putting the ball in all fields more. Kind of a cool thing to see. And again, when you see an all, more of an all fields approach, that usually lends itself to a better batting average and a better Babbitt because the ball, they can't really shift on you. The ball's going to go kind of where it goes. But with that said, the added aggression kind of screwed this up because had he gone with this approach, got a better batting, the batting average probably would have improved. But he also, but again, by having more swinging miss in his game, it kind of kept it at bay. So I think it kind of just counteracted each other, so to speak. That's my guess looking at this. I mean, that's that's really my best guess. I mean, I'm just I try to make a best guess look at this stuff because I'm just looking at these numbers. And so this this suggests he should have been just a better overall, like as far as batting average goes and stuff like that. And the fact that his batting average wasn't better is kind of odd to me. But in the Babbitt, I'm surprised, but maybe just because maybe he lost a step, which again, that goes into the Savant stuff. You look at advanced stuff and it kind of, you see his ISO took a big hit, the lowest it's been in a few years. And you look at, the again, the Babbitt and WRC plus 100 is league average or about average, not league average, but it's about average. So 101, he was about average. You want that to be higher. And again, it's also the lowest it's been in a few years. So you just wonder how much of this was just him. I think he was really just pressing for a contract. And I don't know what the Giants are going to sign him to, but it's kind of interesting. So we go from here. I'll go to the split screen and we'll see what the splits tell us. Kind of you do your home away stuff. Okay, cool. Whoa, 2019, big away splits, huge, terrible home, uh, home and away splits. But that's, I mean, there's no, I mean, more home runs. Similar what like similar stats better actually counting stats across the board essentially, it's weird. But then he just hit for crap as far as batting average goes. So you saw he struggled a little bit away. Away, all right, cool. And then let's look at the month by month breakdown. He finished off really strong, and he had a couple good months in between. I would even say two forty five isn't terrible, but starting off as bad as he did one ninety one, that could be a big reason why he. Had I mean, you take away the 191, you put that at 250, and you're looking at a guy who hit 270 last year, probably. You know what I mean? You put that at 230, 220, something even like 30 points higher. I know it's saying that's a lot to give him, but every other month has been at least 245. So right there, you see a slow start is what likely what caused him to dip in batting average last year, because the rest yeah. of them he did relatively well, and again, especially in September, October. With no home runs, oddly enough, that's the weird part. He hits, so it's, it's almost like, and then here go. Maybe he went for a more all fields approach. That's how, even on a smaller sample size, he hit for three forty nine, but no home runs. So obviously, he gave up power for more of a contact idea. And yeah, I mean, he. I think he was just clearly overswinging like crazy in the beginning of the year. Um, kind of like you said. I mean, you know, trying to. You know, with potentially, you know, being a free agent and all that stuff. Um, and but then you look. Oh, oh, go sorry. on. Go on. No. I was just to say, but then you look, you see how he warmed up. All right, cool. He he got it out of his system a little bit, got it out of his system, and then he bang, bang, and then he kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half, and then he finished off strong. Like, I bet you if we look deep enough, and this is when I would actually go into individual game logs. I'm not going to do that right now for the sake of time and the sake of headache because trying to sort dates. But I would actually go into the month of August and the month of September and see – if there was an adjustment made there, did he re did he regain his patience? Did he 
do something like that. They just make more contact, swing less, et cetera, et cetera, which goes back to the patients. And that's also something I would do in these individual months. I would look up the individual months by game log to try to find a reason to why he didn't have the success then, but then turn, turned it around. This is when I do my deep dives. This is kind of how I go. And obviously you can scroll all the way down. You get better stats as far as like WRC plus per month through counts, which it's always obviously a three count. Like obviously it's always the better the count, the better the performance usually. But you get my point. Like Lego here, you can get your months and you can see he ended up pretty strongly. If you want a grander scheme of things, you can just look at first and second half splits and you see, all right, cool. He hit for a higher, he hit for like 30 points of average higher. He had far less home runs though. Granted, he had a few less at bats as well, which it is what it is, but he had a lot less home runs. So why, why did he, did he, is this when he changed? Because you're looking at the home run totals. That's a vast, that's a crazy difference. But then you look at the batting average, it looks like he changed his approach altogether. But why? That's where we try to figure out the why. And that's why you dive into first and half second. And again, this goes into this is where you go into game log. And again, I'm not doing it tonight, but then this is where you would sort your dates. So you would go from this date, you can uh, from this date, you would sort from this date till the all-star break. And then the all-star break after those to also break to end of the season. And you would see why the first and second half had such vast differences in terms of power production. And see if he changes. And then if this kind of goes into watching a little bit of video. I'll do it. I do that at the end. I look for a batting stance change because if he changed, like, again, if this leads me to he, him having a more of an all fields approach, maybe there was a batting stance change. Or again, a Google search might show this. Maybe he purposely made a change and that's what led to less power, more overall production. All right, cool. Let's find said change. Let's, exp- let's figure it out. Let's dive in. Which now, because honestly, I've never dove into Yasiel Puig. I always just assumed he is what he is, and that was it. <laughs> and now I'm diving in, but now I'm genuinely curious. So I'm going to spend a little time probably tomorrow and truly dive in and figure out what the hell happened because it's very, it's very interesting. Hold on, I need a beer. You're, you're welcome for uh, picking Yasiel Puig, by the way. But this is a, this is a serious reminder, a serious reminder that um, you need to dive into players that you think you know. I think yeah. I had this talk with Ryan Bloomfield actually that yeah. you think you know Puig. We all think we know Puig. But was the second half or was the lack of home runs due to injury? Was he fighting an injury the whole second half? And it adjusted his maybe he had like a weird pinky break or something. I don't know. I, again, I haven't looked into him. But if he had this yeah. weird, if he had if he had like a weird finger injury or a hand injury, that would explain why he stopped swinging for power, but that allowed him to hit for a better batting average. Just little things like that. Again, sometimes it's not always in the numbers. So again, yeah. game log. And it's important to familiarize yourself with try to as many players as possible because the more opinions you have on players, the better you're going to do in draft because then this way you're not going to be panic picking or any of that kind of stuff. Well, that goes back into my process. When I do like top, like I do top 30 across the infield positions, catcher through first, second, third, short, whatever, all that stuff. Pitchers get 100, outfield gets 80. And I try to truly, my third, the reason why I do 30 is because I usually go through at least 20 of them. Maybe not to this in depth, but I get my hands on my hands and eyes on at least 20 players at each position. That does me that gets me ready for a majority of drafts. And then out of the 80, I probably go through about 40 to 50 in depth, which again, that's why it's so labor intensive to do ranks. This is why I'm learning my I gotta start my process earlier because the more I learn the stats, the more I get acclimated and comfortable in my process, the deeper I go. Thus the deep dive articles. Like that's that all started with me just trying to get better, trying to understand the stats and moving forward. But anyway, so we can kind of move on from here. Let's go to baseball savant. 
I'm glad I don't have some inappropriate sites I go on. I obviously just do <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, Fangraphs. Like, this is my life. Hold on. Let's show. This is my life. Amazon lately. Fangraphs, YouTube, Fantrax, which I don't know why I have that there because I don't write for them anymore. Shout out to Fantrax, though, because they actually gave me my first real gig and it was an awesome experience. Tipsy time with Mike. No, it's more of a tangent type. I'm not, I'm not tipsy yet. Baseball savant, but you see, like, this is my life. Megaphone for the podcast, Amazon, because I'm building a PC, Twitter. Baseball savant and Pangrass. Normally these two are up here, but with the lack of baseball and lack of research needed, it's been Burn, a lot of everything. Far else. off the road, my friend. What happened? Veering off the road. Uh, whatever. Dude, we have time. But we don't have time to do anything. So Puig. Uh, <laughs> so we're on Savant. Savant's my next go-to site. And another one that's really, really, really oh, real quick. Quick shout out to Matt Thompson. What's going on, man? Appreciate oh, man. you tuning in. We're just having fun. We're talking my process, man. That's it. If you want to chime in, if anything I'm doing wrong, feel free. I'm, I love being wrong. It's fa- For some reason, this is being stupid. <laughs> so it's being wrong. <laughs> I don't love being wrong, but I, lo- I like learning. And I can be, I, I learn best from being wrong. Oh, yeah. my internet, I actually pay for high-speed internet. So this is really aggravating. So we start with the obvious stack stuff, right? Why is Puig have no numbers? There they are. Yeah. Okay. And you, just, you, can, you, get your, you get your percentiles yada yada again this is where the search function comes in or if go ahead and donate to chamberlain our chamberlain's chart is fantastic for a lot of this stuff it actually has a lot of the stats a lot of these stats on his chart and that's where i go to use because exit velocity i'm okay with it but it's your average exit velocity a lot i don't of like it. yeah i don't like i like exit velocity on fly balls and line drives because that's what generates power and this factors in bunts and other other crap so this isn't a true store a true like telling story of what a player's power potential is, I feel like. Who did that recent breakdown on um, Robles? Ooh. On Twitter. Oh, saw, was it um, Derek Hardy? Yes, it was him, I think. That was that was awesome because if you look at, you know, Robles' Savant page, it looks terrible and it makes – everyone was backing off him, but he did, dove even deeper in on him and – um. Um, I I think Mike's going to. I uh, know you're going somewhere, and uh, you know he found out that he actually his underlying stats aren't as bad as everybody thinks. So um, you know, he, while Mike's just showing you the overall picture, and it's good to look at that. I mean, you got to kind of um, dive even deeper on these stats. You know, just because you know exit velocity has flaws, and he kind of proved that throughout you know his research, which was really interesting. No, and he's not, you know I've heard the I've heard the Victor Robles thing. I think um, Vlad, Roto Gut was big, yeah, fourth percentile in hard hit rate, a whole bunch of really bad stats. Bunch of bad stuff, yeah. But but he looked into you know he looked at all different angles of it. If you can just go to his Twitter and you'll see the full thread of it. Um, it's really impressive and just you know kind of gets you thinking in a completely different way. Exactly, and to kind of again brush through this, there's a whole dude. You can get lost for hours in here, but we'll start with the basics. Just stack has data, right? Or where do you have to go? Career, and this will show. Geez, there's so much here, man. He's been moving around so much, but this will show. Like if like if you do really well, it'll show you like your top five percentile on this, top seven percentile on this. But this will just give you an idea of some of the stuff. Why am I all over the place? It's stack has. This is where you want to be, and you start looking at stuff like okay, cool, so. His hard hit rate was really, uh, not really down. Sorry, I'm looking at my screen really far away. It wasn't that far down. It was one percent, one percentile down last year. That makes sense because again, it all goes back to the second half changes. What happened? He was probably not hitting the ball as hard if he was going all over the field, right? 
So you would expect that to be a little down. But that's why you go back into um, hard hit rates and exit below. You look at it for what it is. But if you dive into the the exit velocity on line drives and fly balls, I feel like it tells, again, a better story of the true power. But, again, this could be by design. I need to look more into him. Um, X-Wobacon, uh, X-Woba. Sorry, it's X-Wobacon, whatever you want to call it. Woba, all that stuff. Again, it's all here. Some of the stuff I'll look right at is sweet spot percentage. Like it's, It kind of goes hand-in-hand almost with barrel rate. You'll see like they kind of match up almost like the better this is usually the better this just because it's obviously how well you're hitting the ball. But barrel rate is a big one. And again, this shows you MLB average right here. 6.3. His career average is 9.2. His barrel rate, he's always been good at barreling the ball. It just is what it is. It explains the, you know, explains the, the power. Barrels correlate better with power. It's that simple. Launch angle. This is also weird. His launch angle was actually a career high. So you look at that. Hmm. He's not, he, the fly ball rate went down a little. Wait, the fly ball rate was it? I'm trying to remember. It was up a little bit. The ground ball rate went more down. Line he was seeing more line drives. The ground ball rate went down, and the fly ball rate went up. And this could be a direct reason why the launch angle. And then you again, we'll go. We'll circle back to launch angle. But again, this kind of just breaks down. And there's so much to get into here. It's hard to truly break it down in a video as far as in depth as I'd like to go. But this again, this gives you an idea. And if you're curious as to some of the stats, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Or they have a glossary. Where is that glossary? I'm not going to go to it, but they have one. You can find it. <laughs> I can't find it right now. Obviously, I don't go to the glossary. But they have a glossary that really breaks down which that is. Or I think you can rest it over here. No, you can. that's Fangraphs. You can rest it. and gives you like a little what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of some of, the same, some of the same stats and kind of the expected stats. You have your XBA. And you look at your BA. All right, cool. He kind of performed right where he should have been. But you look at past seasons. He's always he was always overperforming. Why didn't he overperform last year? His ex slug and his actual slug. He actually underperforming in terms of power, which makes sense with the fly ball rate being the way it was. But with the pull rate going down, that also could be happening. And then you look at his pitch percentage by season, like what he sees. You look at how he performs against each individual pitch. He performed as he should against fastballs last year. He actually performed better than he should have against breaking balls, but then performed worse than he should against should have against off speed. Kind of all sets itself. And then you look at past seasons. Why did he do better against fastballs this year? Was that because he was, you know, maybe because remember being, he was more aggressive this year? Maybe that's why he hit fastballs better. Maybe he saw a lot more first pitch fastballs and he was able to jump on them, thus the success against fastballs. And maybe falling behind in counts or not being so aggressive in the seasons before, that allowed him to get behind on fastballs and thus the batting average being lower with a higher expected. But with that patience, it looks like he probably, that's why he hit better against uh, breaking and off speed. Why did he hit so well here against them and not so well here? And both of which, again, he overperformed here and underperformed here. So it's like, again, just I know I'm talking in circles. I feel like I'm kind of rambling a little bit. But it's the idea of, and again, for those who are listening and not watching, I'd recommend coming and watching the live stream because I'm kind of going through my thought process as I'm looking at the screen here. So it kind of gives you a better idea of what I'm looking at. And again, you just dive into more stuff, man. I mean, there's, um, where is it? The zones? No. What am I looking for here? I'm losing my mind. No, I can't think of it for some reason right now. Uh, breakdowns, I think it is. Yes. And you can look at charts. So remember that launch angle I mentioned? Let's go look at launch angle for the last season. Just for the season, 2019. So it said 14.9, right? But we know damn well it wasn't that. And remember the second half numbers where the home runs went down? There's obviously something there, right? That's why I look at just the season's long. That's why average launch angle has flaws. You look at launch angle, and it's going to show you the average. It's going to show you the high parts and the low parts. And it's going to give you the average, right? 
this tells the difference in the, in the home run production. The home runs were up in the first half. He put up 20, and you can see why it spiked. So what changed right around this halfway part point where he just stopped hitting home runs while his launch angle went down a league average or worse? This, this red line even says league average. So right here, we have causation. We have reasoning why the home runs might have gone down, or at least partial reasoning. And you know what I forgot to do while we were – is it still here? Let's go back. I actually forgot to look up the splits. I think – no, so you got to do game log for the pull, the pull percentage and all that because I bet you the pull rate was down too. That's why – so, you, okay, you're looking at this, right? I'm looking at – and this right here, okay, now let's take it a step further. Again, jumping ahead a little bit because there's a little more that goes into that. You're going to look at um, – where is that? Where do you find the videos of game logs? Yeah. And then and StatCast. Then, and then StatCast, yes. And then this is where I'll go, okay, so first half, right? Let's find first half video. Pull one up, see what happens, right? And let's see a home run. We always like to see home runs. Those are nice. Straight away home run against, oh, look at that, Kyle Hendricks. What are the odds I pick him, Mike, huh? That is fantastic. And that's in the first half, May 24th. Okay. So we'll pull up this. We'll look and we'll, we'll, try, to, we'll try to watch it. See if, can you, can you see full screen? I can't see you anymore. Might be All a right. little, I wonder how loud this is going to be. Oh, you can't Not that bad. It. Can't even hear it. So I will actually sit here and pause it. This is his batting stance, right? He's kind of com- not really compact, kind of just like a normal stance. It's hard to explain. I'm not a scout, but you can see his hands. I look at his hands. They're about eye level. Bat. Is there any pre bat movement? Because that could be something like a small, a little bit of pre bat movement. His el- his elbows are tucked, and he's just keeping an even stance, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, so he's seeing the ball, hits the ball. Now let's go look at something as simple as uh, a stance from towards the end of the year, right? Let's pick a home run because home runs are always fun. Let's find a home run. Oh, home runs are always fun. They are. Oh, wait. He didn't hit that many. He only hit two in the second half. Let's pick a – oh, here it is. T- off Tanaka. Go figure. All right, cool. And this is the, in the, what, eighth month, August. So let's pull this home run up and see if there's any difference in stance. I don't see much. Same there. He looks a little – is he a little more upright? A little, mm. No, it's about the same. Same movement. I don't see much there, but I'm not a scout. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll watch a couple more usually. Let's find just a random one. See if that was just a single. Let's see. I'll just leave this one small screened. And But like what I'll do is I, I literally keep the screen up, go back and forth. I'll screenshot. I'll I'll watch, pre, again, a lot of the pre-bat movement. Which it look, everything looks the same, but his, his it looks like it's the same stance. So batting stance didn't change, but why did the launch angle change? What happened? Did he fatigue? Was he playing through injury? These are things that we have to answer and find reasoning behind. Or was it just a, like a something in his head that he wanted to change? And that kind of does it. I mean, again, there's a little more to it, but that is the ultimate gist of it. And I didn't finish my beer. <laughs> so real quick before we go, Mike, uh, which we have kind seven of, minutes technically, kind of crazy and throws a wrench in, uh, I guess all you know, um, what's the term I'm looking for? All projection systems. MLB has the right to relocate teams during the regular season to neutral sites for health and safety reasons, including the postseason. Huh. So home field advantage oh, can go out the window any minute. Wait. That too, you could be drafting people. I mean, say you draft all these Rockies hitters because you know they're playing in cores. Something, ha- you know, an outbreak happens there. They move them, and then you lose that advantage. The pitchers get gain an advantage. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, like this throws another wrench in just trying to draft and know, you know, 
um, who to take. And <laughs> I tell you, this is like, no wonder why. Uh, I, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's going to be really tough for anyone to want to draft. Um, you know, if you haven't drafted teams already, you're going to dude. I don't care what you say. You're going to draft. We're all going to draft. <laughs> we are only- like, if they're still doing it, but besides that, I'm I don't I'm not going to do any you know. Uh, I'll do an NFBC league. I'll give I'll give one a shot. If they do if they come up with something, Greg, um, I forget the other guys over there. Great guys over there. If you come up with one, Derek is another one. Oh, Charlie Blackman tested positive for COVID nineteen. Speaking of Rockies, you see that? Uh, if we're gonna lose a season, uh, this is why the Rockies. Huh. There's apparently two other Rocky players as well. Uh, yeah. This is, well, you know so what? Brady Ryan Castellani. You want to know? As This sounds like crap. It's a crappy thing to say, honestly. But <laughs> it opens up playing time. Like, you hate to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of a situation. COVID, I, I, oh, for those who don't know, I'll be very honest. I was actually on quarantine because at work, I had somebody that was possibly, um, it was a possible exposure. They put me on quarantine for four. I was on quarantine for four days waiting for my test results. That damn thing goes up your nose. That thing, it it, it tickles your soul, dude. It's, oh, I heard <laughs> it. It's actually not that bad. It's just a little burning and pressure. Uh, <laughs> it's really so not she, as bad as people. For, for me, it wasn't that bad. What happened? That's what she said. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I haven't had that. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it sounds like a yeast infection. Anyway. Uh <laughs> Uh, but that's crazy, man. So yeah, if, if there's gonna be any issue to the season, it's definitely gonna be COVID. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the only thing that I mean. That's obviously what's holding holding everything back. Um, well, and leave everything. Holding. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, that's why there's still so many different question marks because they start spring training and it's breaking out on every team. What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to stop play. Well, and it's it's such a headache, man. And then okay, so how do you? draft for this that's why it's gonna be like our rockies players actually more appealing now because there could be you have to do just assume there's gonna be playing time due to covid and guys like mike trout mike trout like i actually talked about it um because pollock and fast on their podcast today we're talking about it i brought up trout because he has a kid coming so even if he shows up he's leaving for his kid's birth yeah, he's missing time i i don't that's know if he's really weeks. number one pick anymore well that's two weeks right there that's what is that which is math 10 percent Ten percent of the season, <laughs> I can't do math right now. What's two weeks of like? What was that? Like ten games out of sixty? Yeah, which is you know that's game changing. That's I don't know. What, that's uh, you know the baby too, but because um, I was gonna say, I wonder if imagine if it's during like fantasy baseball playoff time. No, um, I think I think it's due relatively early in the season, but that could be the difference in you getting off to a hot start. And a hot start is what you need in a shortened season. You can't you can't make up stats like you can, but it's not the same. Like it's it's gonna be a lot harder. Turn and burn that that waiver wire. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting. But we have three minutes left. We can call it here. I have nothing else to say about. Uh, do you have any questions about my process? Like, is there something maybe I didn't explore you wanted me to explore or thought I should have? Because I know again, I kind of broad stroked it because there's more I could have done. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's so tough to do. I, you know, I, I did an article on, on yeah. how to do it too. And that was a nightmare. Um, cause every player is <laughs> different and just, you know, you go through the process differently. So, well, you like know, kind of like I said, as long as you teach someone 
you know, whoever's watching or reading, as long as someone learns something, at least one thing new, then you did a good job. Uh, oh, I definitely left a lot to be desired because there's just so much because and a lot of stuff I understand when I'm reading and looking at it. A lot of people don't. And don't be afraid to reach out. Again, that's what we're on here on Twitter for. Mike is at SP Streamer. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. And you can reach out and ask us your questions. We have no problem answering them. Or if you honestly just want to know what things mean, you can just read the like that's how I learned. I read the glossary at Fangraphs. That's how I learned these stats, these these meanings, these definitions. And then I would ask questions and just kind of go down my own rabbit holes. And with all this extra time, I know it was hard to get motivated, but it's what I like just to better myself. I, I plan on doing more in the offseason as well on the pitching side of things, so I can get that same level of comfort as I go through stuff, being able to like go through a player evaluation live, which again isn't very interesting to a lot of people because there's barely been anybody watching continuously today, but compared to last stream but we'll come up with we'll come up with a better topic next time it's a little more interesting this is more of a, a niche topic something that a lot of people have their own process so a lot of people don't care they just want the answers because this is my process to giving you the answers for anybody who listens to me or for anybody that's interested as far as like what i do this was kind of like my behind the scenes look at how i give you the reasons i like players or why tony disco which i you should have known tony disco was the answer to the question why i like him or <laughs> I was afraid you're gonna get with Olsen. I thought that'd be like the first person you just randomly guess. <laughs> no, I didn't think you'd see. I thought the opposite. I did the same thing you did to me. I picked one of my guys, you and you picked one of my guys, but I didn't think we'd pick. I was trying to trick you into thinking I wouldn't pick a guy you knew I'd want to talk about. Yeah, we're just playing mind games now. <laughs> yeah, that's all it's about. All right, so it's 10 o'clock. It's been an hour. Guys, we truly appreciate you listening. Mike, do you have any final thoughts? Um no, just uh, when you drink bourbon, make sure you do it with ice. <laughs> and don't try, don't take a shot of tequila in between. And uh, the beer of the week was, just a reminder, High Lie. It's a IPA, and it's really, really tasty. Thanks, Joe. All right, guys. With that said, we appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to check out the podcast, SP Streamer, Bases Loaded Pod. These will be li- uh, placed on there for your listening purposes. This podcast, again, is a or this live stream, whatever it's better served to be watching the video because I went through it as I looked at the screen. So a lot of this might be hard to listen to, but I appreciate you guys tuning in, answering, having fun with us, answering our questions, the giveaways. We'll try to do more giveaways as well. We have a lot of segments incoming, some cool audio drops. We have a whole bunch of stuff planned, some, some shirts, et cetera, et cetera. We'll figure it out. But until then guys, we appreciate you tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Peace.